0: Well, there isn't anything better to have than a problem that's worth solving. The kind of incredible physical being that these people take and go after it. 12, 14, 16 hours, you're wet, you're cold.
1: welcome back to crester purposeful life driven by endurance we got pat and dan here bringing you episode three and we got a lot of fun stuff we're uh got in store today how you doing pat
0: doing well doing well thank you
1: awesome all right uh first off you might have noticed that we had an intro there and i want to kind of give you a rundown about the intro i'm really excited about this uh we're pumped to to kind of get some pizzazz added to our, our podcast here. So um, that intro, the the song you hear in the background is actually a song from my, uh, my high school band and uh, kind of had a Top Gun feel to it that uh, Boomer was telling me about the other day. Uh, I never thought about it as a Top Gun feel, but it's perfect for the podcast if it sounds like that. <laughs> and uh, over the top of that, what you heard in chronological order is a ball call. So that's Um, when we see the lens and we're about to land at the ship, we make a ball call to let the, uh, landing signals officers on the ship, uh, know that we, we have a visual sight of the, the landing aid that's going to help us uh, land aboard the ship. Um, so that's, that's actually a recording of a ball call that I made on deployment back in, uh, 2020. Um, and then after that is Dr. Jordan Peterson, who, uh, is an author author and, uh, kind of focuses on living with purpose which of course is in theme with our podcast and that quote from him that uh, nothing's better than having a problem that's worth solving and then after that is Laz from the Barkley Marathons he's the the race coordinator and uh, he's talking about just the, the crazy people who get out there and uh, and struggle and they're cold and hungry and they stay out there for so long and then the last clip there is Mike Riley he's the voice of Ironman Man. And the same gentleman that told me I was an Ironman uh, at all three of my, uh, my races, he's the, like the go-to uh, full-time finish, finish line uh, voice, and he's, he's got a great voice. But and at the very end there, you can hear my friend uh, Keith, call sign Ghost. He's, uh, you can hear the, the cat shot, the catapult shot shooting him off of the, uh, the aircraft carrier, and you can say, hear him say, real good. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool to kind of hear the cat shot. So, yeah, I just want to give you a little uh, look into what went into that intro. And then we got an outro at the end that is, uh, again, a snippet from a song from my high school band. Uh, That band is Beyond the Peace, and uh, I got to play guitar and uh, do backup vocals for that band. We had a lot of fun. And also, we wanted to uh, correct some bad guys we put out on the last episode. Thanks to one of our listeners for uh, letting us know that we had misspoken. Um, we were talking about the kind of origin of the Ironman race, and John Collins, I was saying that he was a, a Navy SEAL. He was, in fact, a submariner, and he and his wife co-created the Ironman uh, when they were stationed out there in Hawaii. And uh, in, in looking up the information to correct uh, correct that for the podcast, I, I found out that there was a Navy SEAL that, that competed that first year, and they actually ran out of water during uh, the last uh, little bit of the marathon when when he was he was coming in to finish. So he was actually drinking Budweiser to hydrate during the last few miles, <laughs> which is amazing. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, cool. So with that uh, kind of intro stuff there, we do want to thank uh, sponsors and followers. We have been so excited about the positive um, reception from the, the different uh, podcast communities, the different uh, places that people are listening to the pod. Um, it, it seems like it's, it's getting out there and people are enjoying it. And that's been really exciting for us to, to, to hear about and uh, kind of reap the rewards from that. So thank you for everybody for, uh, for all that support. Um, again, you can send in questions to us. That's at uh, Crestor podcast at gmail.com if you've got any uh, questions for us or feedback for the show. Um, all right. And with that, Pat, how was your week?
0: Um, it, overall, not bad. I, uh, the week prior, I um, went out to San Diego, California for a work trip. And uh, the time change going out there was beautiful because waking up early was, you know, it was kind of like sleeping in on the East Coast. However, the transition back here, um, I certainly kind of felt it. But, you know, I, I um, you know, had to balance my sleep with my my training and uh, kind of what was I going to prioritize that whole life work cycle. Um, so yesterday, for example, I had to fly down to Key West, Florida. Uh, got to work about 6.30 a.m. and I got home around 10 p.m., so uh, with that I decided I would prioritize my sleep over my training so a little bit of flexing this week uh, but overall um, it's been good so far Uh, I had the ability to like I said do that 5k and got a baseline for what my zone two zone three paces should be when I'm doing my aerobic type training which right now I am still doing aerobic uh, running Um, haven't really incorporated any type of strength or speed work yet so with that, uh, the coach kind of gave me the green light to kind of pick up my pace with my aerobic runs and uh, step away from uh, my long and slow trail running uh, type training, which in SoCal, I, I kind of diverted back to my training of uh, running on trails because <laughs> when in Rome, I was with a bunch of my friends that you know kind of helped bring me into the ultra running scene and i couldn't pass up the opportunity to run with them again on the the uh tuesday morning 5 a.m thursday morning 5 a.m runs uh and uh yeah so it's been great um what were those runs like
1: what what were y'all doing um i know you said trail runs but uh, like what distance like anything fun you can share about that
0: yeah absolutely uh so tuesday morning is typically a little bit more upbeat um, we're doing anywhere between 8.30 to 9.30 pace. Uh, we meet at what's called Penosquitos Canyon off of Sereno Valley in Southern California in the San Diego City uh, suburbs. Um, so it's all trail, um, but it's, it's, in regards to elevation gain, it's pretty flat. Right, We're down in the valley. And uh, yeah, we're, we're certainly picking up the pace. So the heart rate's a little bit higher for ultra running in a sense. Uh, but in that two hour span, we run from five to 7 am and we put in about 12 miles or so. Um, nice, but we're still talking the whole time, you know catching up, uh, venting, because you know, we all know with running sometimes you just got to let it out. But uh, a lot of uh, catching yep. up as well, uh, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, Tuesday, we actually incorporated a little bit more climbing, so it's a little slower. Um, and that total mileage is around 10 and a half miles. Uh, once again, it's, it's a 5 a.m. start with probably about a 6.50 a.m. Um, finish. I think one thing that's uh, pretty unique about it is that Tuesday morning run starting in Serena, off the Serena Valley Road, uh, there's a lady that starts her morning walk at 7 a.m., and she has been doing that same walk since the early 1990s and my friend Ben and some of his uh training partners they have been doing that same run at 5 a.m since the early 1990s and they have seen that lady pretty much every Tuesday morning or between about six fifty 50 7 a.m so wow yeah. just like clockwork yeah it's pretty cool <laughs>
1: yeah that's awesome
0: yeah, that was cool. So how about you? How um, was yours?
1: Oh, man. It was uh, – so I, I guess we didn't really bring this up, but it's been about a week and a half, I guess, since we last recorded. Yeah. A little has. longer because, yeah. um, you know, life gets busy, especially uh, in our line of work. It can be kind of unpredictable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something people might not know about uh, if, if they're not familiar with the community is, is we we get a flight schedule that kind of dictates our day-to-day um, – you know, what we're doing for the, the following day. And we don't, we don't find that out until the day prior. So, uh, right before we started, uh, recording this, we just got the schedule for tomorrow and it's, uh, 6 PM. So <laughs> you could be eating dinner and literally not know if you're, uh, going in at, you know, for the 6:30 uh, brief like Patty, uh, the other day, or if you've got, uh, you know, a night flight and you're going in for, uh, four o'clock, you know, PM brief or something like that. But anyway, the point being we had a, a little longer between the uh, recording sessions this time. Um, I had a, a definitely noteworthy, uh, week past week and a half, but, um, it's not all bad. I had, uh, definitely some good training. I had a, a snafu on Saturday. I was supposed to do my longish bike of the week for 60 miles. And I got about 25 miles in, I got about 20 miles in and, uh, I was doing, um, Zwift. It's a, uh, basically a, a bike simulator with my, uh, my stationary trainer. And, uh, I started feeling some, uh, severe tightness in my left hamstring and then kind of worked through that for the next five miles and, uh, kind of just got a little, a little worse over the time. And I was like, you know what, this is uh, one of those better safe than sorry situations where I'm just <laughs> going to call it at 25 miles and, uh, go ahead and just spend the rest of the day stretching, relaxing, uh, taking care of myself. And, uh, I was a little worried about that, but then went out Sunday morning and did eight miles and, uh, running and felt really good. I was, uh, kind of using that as a, a tester. And, uh, so I'm still working through stretching some of that as it felt pretty sore after, uh, this morning I had a, a bike and a run, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's just the body adapting to the higher training load and just kind of making sure I don't overtrain yeah, so, Patty and I.
0: Oh, sorry. So, Dan, when you have I was going to say, we
1: talked about this.
0: Yeah, so when you have something like that, like uh, for the following week training plan, do you implement something to kind of, you know, prevent that hamstring from you know, tensing up again?
1: Yeah, so, so what I did this week is um, I was actually supposed to do, I was planning on doing an FTP, a, a functional threshold power test. And that's basically a 20 minute, very, very hard, like basically as as hard as you can sustain for 20 minutes on the bike. And it's a miserable, it's kind of like the 5k. It's just a miserable time period uh, (laughs) to be going kind of all out (laughs) and it's rough, but I was like, you know what? Let's not do the FTP this week. Let's push that to next week. And what I did this week is I kept the same mileage. So I'm doing about 110 miles this week on the bike, but I'm doing it all split up into uh instead of having like four bike days a week i'm i'm having six six bike days this week and i'm just kind of spreading it evenly throughout so instead of having easy days or off days from the bike i'm just a little bit every day just to keep that hamstring engaged but not do anything uh nothing fast and nothing uh longer than about 25 miles and a lot of stretching yeah that's the big one
0: Flexibility is Yoga's free, my speed friend and longevity
1: that's right yeah. <laughs> but yeah besides that uh put together i had a little bit of free time and put together the uh the intro and the outro and was just really excited working working through that kind of learning some stuff about the uh, audio audio uh engineering i guess you'd call it that i haven't been familiar with
0: how'd your prt go
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I did have my PRT, oh, yeah. um, which probably contributed to my uh, hamstring being tight, because I was, was uh, kind of pushing hard. So the PRT, as we we mentioned the last episode, the physical readiness test, is our uh, biannual um, fitness test in the in the Navy. And uh, Pat did his a couple of weeks ago. I did mine this past week, and uh, I sort of hit my goal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going for an eight thirty. Uh, on the mile and a half and I think that is about a five thirty five pace ish. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. And I ended up I clocked in at an eight twenty four on the race, you know, in the official time, but I started at the, the front of the pack and uh it's not like we're in chips or anything. So um they start the time when the last person starts the run at, at the, the back. Trip, so though. I got a little head start. Yeah, the last person <laughs> <laughs> gets the chip. Um so my watch said uh, 840 and my official time was 824 and I was shooting for 830. So I kind of swagged it if you average out the two, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that but it
0: was a three-quarter mile suicide, you know, go touch the yeah, line and come back. Yeah,
1: that was not a cool, uh, you know, when you, you've you got a short enough distance like that where you, you're really trying to go all out and then you have somebody turn around on a dime, like on an outback suicide, like, come on. Although I did I did learn something really important I relearned something really important. Um so I went out at like a five thirty pace. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about this. And <laughs> I went out at like a five thirty pace and I was like, Oh man, this is great, but um I'm shooting for a five forty pace, five thirty five, five forty, so I was like, I need to slow it down just a touch or at least start thinking thinking about doing that and uh what I goofed up on was my watch. I set my, uh, my data screen up to show me my average pace across like the whole evolution, like the, I guess for the mile until it auto split. And, and so uh, it wasn't giving me instantaneous pace. So I was like, oh, I'm going to slow down a little bit. But I ended up slowing down to like over a six minute mile when I thought I was slowing down to like a 540. And uh, I lost some ground that I just could not make up at the end. Um, but it was great. I haven't raced in a long time. And, uh, so that kind of reminded me the importance of, uh, knowing your body. And, uh, what'd you say it was the
0: The neuromuscular? Oh yeah. 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 It's just
1: your muscular connection.
0: Yeah. When I started that 5k, I was just like, I don't know what pace I'm running. I know I should be running some pace. (laughs) And the watch can yeah. only do so much justice, right? Because it's kind of bouncing back and forth between what pace you're running. Um, and I got so used to just running long and slow and just going more of a feeling than actually looking down at my watch that I kind of you know, I lost that uh, that muscle memory. Um, with Yeah, the fact, it's a skill. Yeah, it, it truly to... is. And, like, it will go yeah. away if you don't use it, so... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just goes to show, like regardless of how much experience you have, when you kind of step away from the ball field for a little bit, when it you know it comes to a higher tempo type of running, you're a little bit green again. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's very humbling. Yep. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, which kind of takes us into our first topic of the week is uh, going to be a training check-in. So we we've been training. Pointedly towards our races, uh, you for the uh, the marathon looking to uh, PR, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, PR yeah. if not PR. get close to my uh, my PR.
1: So. Yeah. and then me mainly just wanting to finish the Ironman Maryland, Maryland uh, Ironman uh, Arizona in Tempe, but uh, I would also like to go sub twelve hours, which I haven't gone, uh, since my first Ironman. So, so we've had some time to start training for this and we figured it'd be a good time to kind of check in and see how our training's going, like things that uh, are going well, things that aren't going so well. And, you know, just kind of talk about it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. Pat, you want to talk about how everything's going for your marathon training?
0: Yeah. So I think it's just a big question mark, um, to be honest, right. (laughs) Uh, go back to November of, um, last year, with about 17 days coming up to richmond marathon i kind of just signed up because uh my cross training for orange theory or sorry my cross training for ultra running um i just come off of a 50 mile race in the mountains of virginia and uh, i do orange theory to kind of keep some upper body strength and keep my legs kind of moving on the treadmill and along with the rower and um, While that was going on, I was like, man, I'm actually holding a pretty good clip with these little sprints on the treadmill. So I signed up for Richmond, uh, which I think I previously said I I went like 259. Um, And when that took place, I was like, oh, wow. I've kind of just been doing long and slow. I really haven't been doing any type of base work for running on the road. Um, So I'm only about three weeks into this uh we started at 18 weeks for the training plan typically it's about 16 weeks um and i i am getting more used to running on the road but i still don't know what that equates to with trying to hit my uh, goal of 245 245 would be a day in which the weather's beautiful um, I had a good week leading up to it, so <laughs> for me, it's yeah. A uh, lot goes into that. Yeah, there's a lot. Am I above or below glide slope? Um, I would say I'm. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but that's also part of the fun, right? Because we get to laugh about it. Um, at the end of the day, we're not professional yep. athletes. We uh, signed up to do this, but you know it it <laughs> makes us smile. Um, but you know, I, my coach has me doing every six weeks a benchmark, which will be 5Ks. Um, and the next one will be in about four weeks. So I, I think it goes into, you know, trust the, trust the process. Um, don't think too much into it. And I'd be happy to throw on the kicks and go for that run that day. And if you can't go for a run that day because, you know, you had an 18-hour work day, then be thankful you're able to work for 18 hours and then the next day go and run. Um, so yeah, yep. I would like to think I'm, you know, on glide slope and, uh, the next benchmark will be a little bit faster than my previous one. So I think I'm good. How about yourself?
1: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. I, I'm basically just kind of winging it. Um, I've always enjoyed, building my own training plan. And, uh, I briefly worked with uh, coaches in the past, but, um, I'm not using one for, for this, uh, this prep phase, but, um, I'd say I'm definitely being on the conservative side of, of my mileage. So I'm kind of currently at, uh, like a 10, 10 K ish, like six miles of swimming a week. Um, 110 roundabouts, give or take 20 miles uh, on the bike, and then about 25 miles, give or take five on the run. So I built up pretty quickly to that from basically nothing uh, following my appendicitis and, and uh, surgery complications earlier this year. So I was a little ambitious with that, and but I've been having to be really cautious and, and take extra rest days when I need it. Um, and that's served me well so far.
0: And when Dan says Um, ambitious right now, just to, you know, kind of compare his volume to mine, I'm at 31 miles a week and I'm just running (laughs) (laughs) and he says ambitious with this big eating grin. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. I've, I've definitely ramped up to this, which, which is, you know, leading up to an Ironman is this is very, very light mileage, but, um, but it's i just i just ramped up to it so quickly um <laughs> uh, but i and and you know hence talking about this this hamstring uh tightness i've i've got i've just gotta kind of watch out for my body and make sure that i'm uh really taking care of it so i i'm treating myself with uh these these uh often massages yeah. um frequent massages and then uh doing i've i've gotten to where I'm pretty good about doing yoga almost every single day um usually in the mornings and usually that is the precursor to uh, a workout, like a run or a bike or both. And that lends itself really, really well towards uh, loosening, loosening me up and uh, part of my warm-up for, for those exercises. And I feel a lot better when I do that. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a big picture. I feel pretty good. Something that I was realizing the last couple of days that I'm delinquent on and below slope as we, we would say in our line of work, um, is... Having having some benchmarks because because I'm just doing this ad hoc and being my own coach I um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't you know have any professional way of going about this and uh, just kind of grabbing things that have worked for me in the past but uh, I was telling Pat today I, I really want to grab some different types of uh, events and not not necessarily time trial them because. Uh, you know, for, for the Ironman, I'm not trying to do anything crazy fast. What I'm trying to do is uh, consistent speed over over distance, not uh, not trying to break the bank or, or set any records or anything. Um, but I would like to kind of uh, break the mold of what I've been kind of doing week in, week out for the past uh, couple months. Yeah. And and mix things up and have, have a – even if it's like a sprint triathlon, you know, just something simple. Uh, to kind of get me excited, uh, and uh, yeah, freshen things up. So I've been thinking about that a lot, and uh, I think I'm going to start doing that. There's I'm looking at doing an Olympic Olympic triathlon um, in about a month, between a couple of our detachments that we're going to have to go out on, and those will be kind of some some benchmarks for me. But uh, I guess I, I do look at the the PRT as a good benchmark that shows that my uh, my zone four speed work is has worked really well to get me, um, down to like an 840 PRT, which I'm very happy with. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I'm going to try and piggyback on Patty, see if I can, uh, show up to one of these races that he's going to be doing. Cause, uh, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd do like a run and race? Uh, even if it's a trail race, yeah. I love trail running. I just, uh, I don't have as much experience
0: as Patty. Yeah. There's nothing like being out in nature. You get to go run and you also get to eat a lot of food at the same time, you know, (laughs) because I think I'm a, I'm a happy, you know, if I didn't run, I would, I'd be a little bit heavier, but I'd still be just as happy because I love eating, Yep. (laughs) but uh, it's a little bit of a balance, um, kind of getting into, you know, doing that daily yoga and incorporating probably, um, getting a massage maybe every two weeks or so. Is that something you've done in the past or is that something you've kind of gathered uh, along your along your uh you know journey of endurance?
1: so the the uh, massage definitely because i I read pretty early on how beneficial that is uh, for injury prevention and I was like, are you kidding me like this thing that that feels so good to you know go have somebody just like get all the lactic acid moving around your body and, uh, massage your sore muscles. Like that's good for you. That's not just feeling good for you. Like, uh, (laughs) I'm going to go to do that all the time then, you know? Um, but the yoga is definitely something new. I've, I've done it in the past, but never consistently. And that's been a true joy in my routine of, um, you know, getting up, getting some coffee going. I like to read first thing in the morning. Um, I feel like I just am in like the perfect state to absorb information and, uh, and enjoy the absorption of information. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first thing. Yeah. And, and then after that I'll I'll top down and do between 15 and 45 minutes of yoga usually. Um, and what I've been doing is I've been pulling up, uh, different YouTube videos of, uh, uh, Tim sensei sensei and, uh, yoga with adrian or the, the two that i've really really enjoyed and uh just pulling up their stuff and, and they've got some stuff that's you know if i'm if i'm about to go do a workout then i'm not gonna do like some intense yoga where i'm doing a lot of strength yeah i'll just do flexibility stuff okay or if i've got the morning off then i'll do like a little more strength and doing a lot of planks and uh, chaturangas mm-hmm. you know push-up type stuff like core you know but yeah, that's that's been kind of a new thing for me as far as the consistency of yoga, and um, been really enjoying that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Are you seeing improvements uh, on like a weekly basis of you know that routine daily yoga in regards to your flexibility and you know your overall ability to like maintain a certain pose for a duration of time, not falling out?
1: Yeah, big time. I think the the single biggest thing that I've noticed is I've always struggled to sit indian style okay in like that sounds dumb but and maybe I didn't have this problem as a kid but um there's uh you know during seer the uh <laughs> the the training where we we kind of practice um a bunch of stuff we can't really talk about a whole lot but um it's when a lot we, of you fun. get uh, kind captured by the enemy you have everybody all the pilots have to to do this just in case you, you get shot down over uh some bad guys and get captured and, and that sort of stuff but part of that uh involved sitting uh in style for you know hours and days and <laughs> who knows <laughs> how long <laughs> and that was that was really painful for me because I'm so inflexible that um, and I've never worked towards my flexibility outside of you know stretching before basketball practice and stuff like that uh, and so the biggest thing I've noticed is how it's it's downright easy for me to sit uh Indian style now.
0: Yeah.
1: After just a couple of weeks, you know, maybe 2 weeks uh of yoga and, and it's already increased my flexibility and and one one thing more than that is just I I feel a lot better. Uh and that that sounds dumb, but I I it just uh sense. Yeah, it's like getting your blood flow going and it and it transfers so directly to my workouts and how I feel. And then, I didn't realize how tight I was starting a run or a bike ride before because that was the norm.
0: Yeah.
1: And now that I'm doing yoga, it's like, man, I feel like I feel like I'm ready to kind of like go straight out of the gate. <laughs> uh, like if I'm like most of the time I'm doing zone two and I'm just kind of chilling anyway. But but man, I feel like I could just like go off like a bullet, you know, at the start of a run instead of being like, oh, I'm so tired. And like, you know, my old bones, you yeah. know, I need to warm up to this. Like, no, I'm ready to go, man.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah, and something you said, you said to me when I, I was talking to you about yoga. You said uh, something along the lines of, "I don't know what it is about yoga, but all I know is when I'm doing it, I don't get hurt."
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: You, I think you had a more eloquent way of saying it, but you know, I've just kept thinking about that because I was like, "Dude, it's so good for you, man. Yeah,
0: Keeps I, you from getting hurt." Yeah, I mean, there's a direct correlation of my number of injuries to the number of hours I put into yoga and maybe that sounds wrong but the more I do yoga the less injuries I get is what I'm trying to say <laughs> and yeah. the less yoga I do the more likely I'm going to get injured yeah. especially when I uh in- start inverse correlation it. yeah um yeah. so it's real people it's real I don't just you know it, <laughs> it, it's there's so many benefits of it um and I and if you don't want to call it yoga, you could just call it stretching. And um Yeah,
1: that's that's the thing is like you're you're literally just uh you know taking some time to like shut off your mind and and stretch. And that's what that's what yoga is for me. And uh it's becoming a lot more than that, but it can be whatever you need it to be, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we sometimes get a little bit of pushback from our peers. They're like, "You're doing yoga, dude?" Like They're like, Hey man, one day you'll figure out and you'll find out that like, man, we were wrong all along, but (laughs) we're just ahead of our time. That's right. Yeah.
1: It's because we're asking the questions.
0: It's true. What's your why?
1: We're questing for that. Why? Yeah. All right. Um, the next thing we want to talk about is the people we met along
0: the way. Oh yeah.
1: You want to explain what that's about, Pat?
0: Yeah, um, so in the military you have the opportunity to live in a lot of places in a very short period of time. Um, with that sometimes, you know, like just imagine being in school as a kid from elementary to high school and every year or two years you have to leave and, you know, go find another set of friends. Well, um, whenever I'd moved to a different area, whether it was during flight training or after flight training, I would always go to the local running store, um, and I'd ask if there was a local running group that would meet up. And uh, I will say some of the most influential people I've met throughout my time have been in those running groups. Um, And maybe it has to do with the fact of, you know, like, we're all crazy enough to wake up at 4 a.m., meet at the running store at 4.30, roll out for a little bit, and then go get after it at 5 a.m. So, but uh, during that period of, you know, prior to the run and then during the run, there's just so many conversations that uh, have kind of allowed me to, you know, be at this podcast right now and be talking about this. And uh, whether it was life stories or... Um, lessons they learned during their career that they kind of passed on to myself. Uh, It's one, it kind of made me realize I'm not the only person that's like, you know, dealing with certain things. And two, it allowed me to, um, be provided skills in how to attack like challenges I'm coming up, coming upon in life. And, uh, yeah, it um, it kind of made me feel a little bit normal. Um, I, I do feel normal, but you know, it, it helps to feel a little bit more yeah, yeah. normal, even yeah, though sometimes my acceptance. peers think I'm maybe a little crazy because I wake up early, I run really long. But they'll find out one day <laughs> that it is normal. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I um, eventually I'll, I'll kind of pinpoint some of the people exactly uh, that I met along the way, but each and every one of those running groups, there's not a single person that I would say I didn't wish I had met. I, um, each and every single one of them has made me a better person. Um, and I hope in part I've maybe helped some of them, but. It's almost
1: like group therapy, right? Like, you know, people, you ever seen this, the shirt that's like, you know, I run because it's cheaper than going to a therapist, you know, (laughs) like, it's it's a form of meditation and it it keeps you know we've talked about this uh several times already over the you know past couple episodes but the um the tie between mind and body and how closely um those are tied together mm-hmm. and when you take care of your body you're taking care of your mind um and vice versa you know if you're if you're taking care of your mind and uh you're you're not dealing with debilitating stress then you're 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 you know de facto healthier there's you know we've been been able to figure out how many negative things can be triggered in your physiological uh self based off of just your mental state you know anyway i, I bring that uh I bring that up because when you're out there running with these these folks and you're able to, to talk to them and like you said you brought- you're able to bring up stuff and realize that you weren't alone in some things like that's therapy that's that's priceless yeah you got people helping people you know
0: yeah absolutely um so for you out there that are uh for that you know don't want to go join that local running group and you you think yeah i like to run just by myself all the time go try it um go go run with those go run with other people and you know you'll come to find that those people probably had that same thought um and there is times where, yeah, you need to go out and just go run by yourself. But, man, running with a group is the accountability aspect of it. Um, it's huge. It is. and Yeah, N- knowing,
1: knowing that they're, they're going to be out there at, at, the, at that one you know, park that you, you agreed upon or the running store or whatever at 5 a.m., that makes a big difference when your alarm goes off and you don't want to get out of bed because if it's just you, Oh, I get hit snooze, and I'm the only person that affects is me. But man, I don't want Jake to be ragging me <laughs> week after week about how I'm I miss this, you know? Oh yeah. This Tuesday run or whatever, you know? It's real. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to ask you um, your thoughts on um, like the your impression of the people that you've met as far as their their intelligence and education because. There's this, this phenomenon, especially especially in the ultra community. Um, Laz, the uh, the Barclay Marathons uh, race director, talked about uh, the average education level. And I don't know if this is this is just uh, his quote, so I don't know if this is uh, you know for real or if it's just the perception. But uh, the average education level of the applicants for Barclay Marathons uh, is a master's degree. So you've got these graduate level, uh, educated people on average (laughs) coming out to, to race this 125 mile race and, uh, one of the harder races on the planet. Like, have you, have you noticed that correlation? Like, you know, these running groups you've joined and people you've met,
0: I would say, um, absolutely. Um, and if they don't have a higher education, Whatever field they're in, they tend to be at the top tier of it um, that field yeah um, you know it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, you know starting off the day strong kind of helps you continue on the day and I like that morning run, oh man, it, it helps me get to work with a smile um, and then it's just yep. like it it's kind of so it's a great way to kick start the day and uh it just pushes you to it, want to be even yeah sorry
1: no even taking a step back like even like making your bed yeah. you know admiral McRaven's uh book make your bed every day or whatever it's called yeah Yeah, you know, just having those victories first thing in the morning that's a powerful mental advantage you give yourself
0: yeah so i um there there certainly is. a, um, I'm not sure exactly what the word is, but they're high performers of most of the people. I would say all the people that I've uh, run with in those early morning, um, and they don't. It doesn't have to be the or early morning runs. It's people I run with that are, you know, training for something, um, that. You know, are just out there getting it
1: uh yeah yeah i feel like it's you have driven people driven people will will seek out challenges in other areas of their life and so it's it's people who have successfully conquered a challenge in their professional life um uh, or a different challenge in their personal life and then they um they then go out and want to do that from a fitness side of things and take care of their body. Um, I think those people tend to, to gravitate, um, towards, towards the fitness community. And, and you you see that across everything. It's not just, you know, in the endurance community, the ultra community, it's, it's of course across everything. Um, there are CrossFitters out there. They're, you know, weightlifters, um, racquetball players, like, you know, it's just, um, just fitness in general I think but uh, we certainly see that a lot in, in our side of things and uh, I think there's, there's something to say about somebody who's been um, who's highly intelligent has everything together in their life and uh, it allows them to go out and put miles miles down and they can, they can kind of get excited about that instead of having to worry about the other stuff in their life because they've got their, their stuff in one sock again.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it it's kind of fascinating when you um I mean something I was just thinking of of I go to run to take my mind away from everything else that's going on, right? Um yeah, of course you, you talk about life stressors during runs with groups, but you know, it's it's I would say the majority of the conversation is not about what you are doing in your day-to-day job however you know that when you go out for that run you're going to come up come up come up against challenges during that run Um, and sometimes when you're deeper in your training and your volume's higher and uh, maybe this is because I've done so many training plans and I've uh, come up against multiple challenges during my training plans that have direct correlation to my day-to-day job And when I have challenges at my day-to-day job, I can then reflect back on my challenges for my training plan and be like, oh, I know, like, you know, kind of put your head down, breathe. You're going to get through this. On the backside, you're going to be stronger. Um, But you go to run to get away from, you know, kind of like those stressors from work, how at the same time, you know, running will help you get past those stressors at work. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's
1: a symbiotic relationship for sure yeah yeah one one thing i wanted to mention talking about these people we've met along the way that that uh that make us better and, and we hope that it goes both ways is uh i was i was doing this uh half iron man distance down in uh north carolina the white lake half and i believe it was back in 2011 maybe 2012 and it was late spring, I believe, and pretty hot Uh once the sun got out. Very cold in the morning. I remember the water temperature was in the low 50s. That was really, really difficult uh, for the swim. But uh, once the sun got up, it got really hot on the bike. And uh, one of my bottles basically fell off my bike without me knowing it. You um,
0: hate
1: to see it. Yeah. And I had two bottles. I just finished the other one. This is the full one that fell off. <laughs> and I like reached down to grab it and I was like, oh no.
0: oh no. And
1: I think I still had 20 to 30 miles of left in this, uh, 56 mile ride. And I just passed the last aid station. and didn't take any fluid because I was like, I've still got my bottle. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, I was in some serious trouble. I was like, man, I'm going to get off of this bike I could finish the bike no problem but i'm gonna just be in a huge deficit for this half marathon and and so i rode past this this lady and i noticed she had three bottles on her bike and i was like i was like ma'am is there any way you could spare one of those bottles and she goes oh yeah i just filled them all up (laughs) and she handled me handed me this bottle and i was like you are literally saving saving this race for me because i don't know if i'd be able to finish if i didn't you know didn't have this thank you and uh and sure enough I I uh I finished and I actually PR'd. I went five oh nine, uh five hours nine minutes on the half, which uh was really exciting. And uh which Patty beat by the way on his first ever half. <laughs> <It's> beginner's luck. <laughs> his best ever, Yeah, beginner's luck and in having insane fitness. Um uh, yeah, and uh I wasn't able to find her at the end of the race, but I I actually have the bottle sitting next to me. I I grabbed it off my bookshelf uh, when we went to go record. But, but yeah, the fact that that she just didn't even bat an eye and was like, of course I'll give you a bottle. Like, that's easy. And just the kindness and the type of people that you meet at the start line, you know, early in the morning, on the weekend, like it's a great group of people, and I'm – just so honored to be be part of that group and uh, enjoy getting to to race and, and train with people like that but yeah it's it's really special
0: yeah and uh, that kind of brings up well two points first point is um never pass up a water aid station which dan messed up doing yep uh <laughs> and then the, the second one's a little bit different but every time i would join a new running group there was never any type of like wall everyone was you know open arms and just happy to have another runner to converse with and talk yeah. with and um yeah it it just everyone's like it's a shiny like light and you just kind of add more light to, yeah. the, to the room and it's it's weird it's like
1: you know you know when someone's a runner you've already got so many shared experiences yeah because you you can you know, you've both been through these incredible challenges and maybe they differ a little bit, but for the most part, they don't, you know, yeah. Yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. You're get you somebody right off
0: the bat. Yeah. You know your that. past being a freshman showing up to lunch and, you know, which table do I sit at? It's like, hey, this person showed up at 430 a.m. They already have my respect. So here we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. And they have a smile on their face. Yeah, yeah. This guy gets it. Yeah, they get it. <laughs> yep. Cool. Well, and hopefully, hopefully, some of our listeners have uh, some of those great experiences. Otherwise, uh, hopefully, that's inspiring for uh, for their continuing on their their own personal journeys. Yeah. Uh, the tip of the week. I think this ties in so perfectly with a lot of things we've talked about today. Uh, Patty, you want to take this?
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Um. So. This popped up actually twice today. Um, just when Dan and I were, you know, hanging out and uh, breaking up the monotony of your workouts. Um, for me, right, coming from a trail running kind of background for the last three and a half years, and then going into a running training plan, running on the roads and just doing that, and you're looking at your watch for splits, or you're paying attention to your heart rate, is like not the same as running on the trails uh and i was talking to my coach on monday and yeah i didn't get in trouble but when i was in socal i didn't really (laughs) run on the roads the whole time as i previously said i went and ran on the trails and what you know like my coach's feedback was probably the best thing he could have said and it really made me feel good he's like that time running with your buddies on the trails that's what makes running because you wanted to be there and you enjoyed it um, yeah of course training there's times where it's tough and it, it 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 seems a little boring but at the end you know it's what helps you get to your end state goal but um, it's okay to step away from the training plan for a little bit to kind of break up if you feel like you know you can't wake up for that next that next run um 16 weeks is a long time yeah it's short in the r- relative to life itself but um when you're focused on a 16-week training plan 16 weeks is the focus so that's 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 yeah. the life of that training plan uh
1: so and every week builds off of the the previous yeah you know?
0: yeah and um kind of transitioning to dan's side of it for the monotony. He uh, he referenced, you know, breaking up and going on a trail run, right, Dan? Like not yeah. just swim, bike, run on the roads.
1: Yeah, and there's there's the – and I think both of us, what we're talking about here is the mental, you know, we're, we're not breaking up the monotony for our legs. It's not like we are doing the exact same thing every single day and we need to break up the monotony that we're physically – you know, subjecting our body to are we're, we're trying to break up the monotony for the mind, which is so incredibly important. Yeah. Again, that relationship between the body and the mind and, and for me going and doing a, you know, weekend trail race isn't, isn't going to practically uh, spill over into like my Ironman training besides the fact that I'm, you know, <laughs> raising my heart rate and using my legs. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, but it's not, it's not nearly as helpful as, as, you know, practicing, you know, doing a a triathlon and practicing the transitions and, you know, all that sort of stuff, but it's so mentally healthy to, to be like, you know what, I've been just day in, day out, week in, week out, week out doing this specific training. Let's just go do a trail run and not, not look at the pace that I'm running and just enjoy nature and like, holy cow, talk about kind of a mental reboot. So, yeah, I think that's so important and it's such an important tip for, uh, staying mentally, mentally sharp and, and kind of adjusted towards the goals that you're shooting for.
0: Yeah. And I'll kind of piggyback off of that. Um, last week when I was trail running in SoCal, I, I wasn't so much stepping away from my training. I was, I still met my weekly volume so my coach was happy with that but yeah i at the end of that training week my mental state was you know it's where it should have been i wasn't i wasn't feeling dragged down now if i would have been like like hey guys i'm in southern california we've been running for the last three and a half years however you know i got six miles on the road at 745 pace uh i can't run with you guys I'd probably be a little bit more down to myself. Um, but you know, I kind of, uh, worked around my, my training plan, what my volume was for that week. And, uh, I made it work and I, uh, one, I got my volume that I needed for the week and two, I, you know, I did it with a smile. So
1: (laughs) that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah there's your tip of the week. Make sure and break up that monotony. And, uh, it's kind of a gift to yourself. We have another athlete of the week and it's somebody we talked about last week. That's Lou Hollander. So, um, again, I gave, I gave you all some bad gouge, um, as far as a couple stats on him, I was pretty close though. But, uh, this is the guy that I talked about who is, um, you know, much older than the average Ironman and, uh, at at a time held a record for the age for uh, iron man finisher but uh, kind of jumping into some stats about his life uh, he was born in 1930 he's ni- 92 years old now he got his undergrad and uh, master's in physics and then was a <laughs> naval officer in the korean war and actually worked out of uh, he was stateside worked out of california in uh, nuclear defense for the navy And, uh, and then after the war worked as a physicist for 40 some odd years, uh, before retiring and he started running marathons and did long distance horse racing between 25 and 150 miles, um, during his, uh, his career as a physicist and then started doing Ironman, uh, races at 55. So I said 65 last, uh last week or a week and a half ago but uh, it was actually at 55 um, and he has completed let's see over 100 marathons and ultra marathons including Western States 100 wow um, which we talked about on Patty's bucket list last yeah, week
0: yeah I wonder if he's done the Western State trail on a horseback because that's how Western State originated Wait. it was a, oh did it really it was a 100 mile horseback ride uh, race and the gentleman that started the Western State ultra he said i bet you i could run that on foot and that's what started the western Whoa. state 100 miler so i'd be interested to see if the shellman yeah, did it on maybe. horseback and then you know transition yeah. to the running
1: that'd be really cool yeah do it on the horse and then, then do it on foot yeah he actually he's a um hall of fame in the horse racing uh i forget the uh, the name of the um, organization in the u.s but he's he's in their hall of fame for wow. and apparently coined a bunch of common terms that are that's used in you know <laughs> off-road horse racing this guy from texas um, <laughs> yeah you'd think so right he's just from an old era um but yeah like i said he started racing iron at 55 and continued every year until he was 84 when he retired from the iron man distance to do uh shorter sprint and the occasional olympic distance triathlon Uh, he has completed 70 over 70 ironman distance triathlons between age 55 and 84 and then he is like i said is 92 now and he currently as of this summer 2022 averages a race a week during the regular season (laughs) at age 92 (laughs) The guy's a madman. There you and go, people. We're still
0: man. young. Guy's 92 yeah. and still getting after it, so no rush. Gene.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: That is awesome. He's
1: oh. nearly three times our age, and he's putting us to shame.
0: We're not calling you old, <laughs> sir. We're, we're just calling you seasoned.
1: Seasoned. Seasoned yeah. and wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about an inspiring inspiring guy. His, his big quote is that he goes, or when people, you know, obviously ask him, what's your, what's your secret? You know, how do you, how do you do this Uh, at 92 years old? His, um, his favorite thing to say is that he, he goes anaerobic every day. He said, you should go anaerobic every day, which is really surprising to me because that's, it's not easy to hit anaerobic. That's like getting up, you know, what's it zone five is technically when you hit anaerobic. That in your heart rate zone.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely controversial, but it works for this 92 year old athlete yeah. who completes, who knows how many triathlons a year. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely inspiring gentleman, uh, Lou Hollander, 92 years old and making us all look bad. And a Navy veteran. Yeah. Look at that. We're in look good look company. Wow. <laughs> he gets it. Cool. He gets it. <laughs> He understands. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Nice. All right. Uh, any save rounds? Anything we missed, Patty? We need to double back on, double yeah, down on.
0: Don't be afraid to break up the training plan a little. Yeah, you know? going back to that tip yeah. of the week. So. Dude,
1: adaptability, flexibility—that's one of our key components in crew resource management in the aircraft, yeah. yeah. and. That is so key when it comes to um, our business in the endurance circuit as well, adapting to our bodies, our environments, and being flexible to change things.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> Did you have fun today?
0: Man, I had a blast. This was just good. Um, that week and <laughs> a half of like pause between episode two and three, I was itching, it was too long. So, yeah, but, uh, it was way too long. It was long. good. Glad to be back <laughs> on the mic. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. So, did you have fun today?
1: Uh so much fun. Same, same sentiment. That was that was way too long. We gotta we gotta make sure we do it, uh, you know, week to week. Cool. All right, guys, uh, that's it for episode three. Thank you so much for joining us again. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send those to CresturePodcast at gmail.com, and we will incorporate that or get back to you uh, as soon as we can. Thanks so much. Bye bye.
0: Bye, guys.